Hey everyone, thanks again for joining us at Aerial Roots. I'm Balraj. And I'm Antonia. On the last episode we shared what we've been up to at the plot and how some of our crops were getting along. This episode includes some of our latest planting, reflections on getting started with an allotment, plus some yield and kitchen action. Alright, let's get into it, starting with a recent arrival at the plot, a well-known root vegetable. So some, we put in some really, really like late potatoes, like literally as late as you can. Uh, Bal's dead proud of these potatoes. <laughs> Yeah, well, because they're coming up and the plants are there. And I mean, we might be able to like dig these at maybe November, December time, perhaps. I mean, there were those kind of potatoes when they fe- they looked like they were growing already, you know, without any soil when we got kind of got the garden centre. So, yeah. You know, and they actually gave them away for free. So shout out Hume Garden Centre. Shout out Hume Garden so, Centre. So, yeah. Big up, big up. Some, some garden centres will sometimes do that, I think, when there's things that are just kind of going to go to rot. Um, and it's late in the season, they might just discount things or give them away. So I guess that's kind of a little tip yeah. if you're kind of a little bit low on sort of cash money. Because we've not been spending a lot really, have we, money-wise. We're trying to keep it keep it sort of to what we can really, like what we can afford. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the advice we got from um, Ev at the plot, Big Up Ev, who does loads of stuff for the allotment society and for everyone growing out here but he was like don't spend loads of money on it you because you could just throw so much money at this like we could could have spent theoretically hundreds of pounds not that Mm, we would have thousands Um, even though yeah loads and actually we've been kind of like trying to make use of what was already here um and making use of like the generosity of other growers who've given us plants um, and then we've invested in a, in a few things like the hose, big up the hose. <laughs> yeah, and also <laughs> some kale kale protection. Kale protection. Um, but we're really looking at tools. we were looking at it when we maybe that we're just looking for a few simple tools, and you're looking for like, like a hose and kale yeah. protection. Yeah, and I mean like seeds. when we started out, Emily, who was is our great friend and was the sort of link to the plot, she was just letting us into her shed to use her tools mm. so for the first like four months we haven't even bought a single tool have we we no. had some gloves literally that was it. the gloves and the keys to the the allotment and the watering can that came with our house yeah true <laughs> and true, that was true. it so that it's like i think that with a lot of activities it's like this you know if you've got other hobbies you don't it's not worth buying the stuff before you need it figure out what you really really could use Hope some of those tips and tricks were useful. Yeah, it feels good to share our experience on getting started with plot and how little you really need to get stuck in. If you've got any questions about this or anything else allotment-wise, feel free to message us or comment on Insta at aerialrootsmcr. You can also drop us a line at aerialrootsmcr at gmail.com. Now we're going to share a little slice of Balraj's recent yield glow-up after a bumper harvest. So, you've just returned home from a solo allotment trip, and I was just commenting on the fact that you're glowing. (laughs) Like, you're actually, I I feel like you're just emanating the green energy. (laughs) Tell tell us about your little trip today. Yeah, I, I went over... 
because it hasn't been for about a week and a half. Been quite heavy rain. It's it's been quite blustery. So I was I was quite eager to get down there because last time we were there, the courgettes were looking really good and kale and the beans. And yeah, it just it just looked great. I mean, I was so surprised, but then also not surprised at the same time because I knew that this is a peak time, but. You know, I could see as I kind of got to the plot that the courgette plants were just... <laughs> so, like, as as you were approaching, you you saw the courgette plants and you were like... Yeah. I've hit, I've hit the courgette gold rush. <laughs> yeah, I just could kind of see how huge they were, you know, and I, I, I was just... Yeah, it was quite kind of a powerful, powerful thing, I think, because, you know, we sort of started these plants off from from seed at home... We, you know, even when we first took on the plot, we were sort of in two minds. But to be in this place where you sort of you're struggling to fit the yield in your bag on the way home is is quite a nice look. So yeah, what what I saw was huge, huge corsets, uh, green ones just have gone massive, and then some really nice gold ones as well. So both looking really, really great in in their own way. And yeah, I kind of I've saved it till last. Um, so I did some weeding and just tidying up, planted some radish, um, just general kind of like bits and pieces around the plot because I think the weeds have, as well as the plants, the weeds have had a little bit of a... little party. Party time as well, yeah. So just kind of kind of got cut them back a little bit, really. But yeah, just just great, great yield. But I'm going to have to say, because we get a bit of a fruit and veg box from uh, McCall's Organics, shout out Kaz, and... We just we ain't going to need any courgettes for a while, I think. We're, we're sorted. We're sorted <laughs> on the courgettes front. Yeah, sorted for garlic, sorted for courgettes as well now, I think. Oh, that's amazing. It's good vibes. Ah, oh, that, was, that was nice. It's one of the great things about this time of year, enjoying the harvest, feeling all the good work you put in earlier in the year. But the next best thing to harvesting has got to be cooking up those plot-to-plate moments. Mm, yeah, and one of our fave things to cook up is Balraj's famous kale crisps. And you're going to get the exclusive breakdown. Enjoy. Okay, kale crisps. So I've got my kale, a lot of fresh. I'm going to soak it in water because we've actually been getting a little bit of white fly. Nothing too crazy, but it's good to soak it just in case. You know, we don't want to be getting that extra protein just in case there's any bits and pieces. And we dry that off. All right, and then we're going to cut over. What I tend to try and do is actually use some scissors to cut the the leaves from the stem because sometimes the stem can be a little bit um, kind of like tough and maybe not as kind of appetising. Okay, so we've got some nice crisps laid out. We've got a wire rack, it's amazing for it, but if not, don't worry, just use like a, a regular pan. I'm going to put the oven on as well to around 108 or so. Our oven is very, very powerful but sometimes 200 on a fan oven might be cool. Um, but just to, you need to experiment really with what works, I guess, in each case, just to get it right. 
What I tend to do is then lay them on the wire rack if you do have it, or on the straight onto a baking tray. I'm going to add some olive oil. I like using some organic olive oils from Infinity Foods. Shout out to Eighth Day on that. And then I'm going to just do a little bit of seasoning, put some black pepper going on there. And then I'm going to use a little bit of salt, like using molden kind of coarse sea salt. Ground that up. Nice. Yeah, and then it just needs to go in the oven. So you do need to experiment with this. Our oven was quite powerful, really. So fan oven, I only put it in for four minutes, but it may be a little bit longer. One of the main things though, just want it to be nice and crispy. You can usually smell it kind of cooking. So kind of keep nearby, really. Don't kind of go off too far. And um, say, once they're done though, I tend to open the door, turn the oven off, and then allow the kale to cool. You might need to put it on a lower shelf. I usually do it on the top shelf. And as the oven really cools down, sometimes you can close the oven with it in, depending on how done they are, because that really just helps kind of the, the final kind of crisp crispness at the end really there. So. They might burn or they might be a bit more floppy still. Still probably quite tasty, but... Yeah. You know, you can have a floppy kale crisp. It's still kale, seasoned and covered in olive oil. So. Seasoning is good, yeah, seasoning is good. Like. Yeah, exactly. So, what are the kale crisps saying? Don't eat them all. Don't eat them all. <laughs> it's tasting good. Yeah. Seasoning. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you're able to try out your own kale crisps at home. Big favour of mine. If you've got any fave kale recipes of your own, we'd love to hear them and maybe try them out too. We're going to feature some more plot to plate moments, so do keep tuning in. And we'll see you next time.